Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's show, I think, will be a very interesting one for everybody, whether it's men or women, because uh, everybody ties into the question of the uh, of the of uh, Purim, especially the issue of drinking, whether you're a, a drinker or a non-drinker, or watching the people drink and thinking this way and that way. So uh, you have actually uh, a lot of different kinds of people who are listening to us right now, where it ties into everybody. In addition, we hope to be able to touch on some of the other mitzvahs of the day. Uh, unfortunately, I have to admit that uh, I made an error. And the error was that last week, at the end of the show, I said that we, we have somebody and he's going to be on this week and we're going to tape him, etc., etc. And that was what we had made up. Unfortunately, I tried again and again and again and again to get through to the gentleman. We spoke briefly and he kept telling me to call again and again and then returned the calls and I was never able to set it up so that uh, I tried to reach other people and I wasn't able to get it. And in the past, I have not been able to get somebody to come on the show. If anybody wants to volunteer next year to talk about it, I'm more than willing to take you as a guest if you have something important to say. But today, we... I decided, because we didn't have the guest to discuss this topic, I decided to do some research on it, which I put uh, some serious time into researching, even though we were trying to reach somebody till the last minute. But before we get up, even started with today's show, I want to tell you that uh, I, I, everybody has a song, they like to sing the song, that, uh, you know, that Gansior uh, Freilich, and they wish that, uh, that Purim was the whole year. So I really wish the Purim was the whole year for a different reason, because I'm poor and people are able to wear masks and nobody knows who anybody is and I wish that I could wear a mask all year round. I go into shul I was davening mincha right before the show, I, I, I was davening mincha and uh, right before I, I came in, the, the person who finished davening with a minyan before so uh, a gentleman who was uh, in the kolel he came over to me and he started asking me questions. I started to start davening, but he, he kept uh, asking questions. He wanted to know what we're doing on this tonight, and then he wanted to know uh, about certain other things, and he asked me what was going on with the, uh, the the bug inspection in our neighborhood because of the situation that presented itself last summer. How was it corrected? Who corrected? How much? It was a very... I just said, we have to start Ashray. So Baruch Hashem, I got away with that one. On the way out, a Rosh Hashiva came over to me, uh, who I know very well, wonderful man, and uh, he is the Rosh Yeshiva of a certain well-known Yeshiva, and he asked me about the raisins, what's the story with raisins, the current story with raisins. So until I was able to get over here, Baruch Hashem, I'm here now, and uh, I'm just telling you, for me, it would be easy if people didn't know who I was. But be that as it may, the topic that we're going to talk about today is a very important one, and and there's a hakdama that I have to make. And I'll just tell you briefly how I, how I get, got so smart. I wasn't so smart in the beginning. A couple of years ago on this radio show, I had, uh, was talking about Pesach, and I mentioned, which to me was simple, uh, is that you, you get a, a vegetable for karpas that's green, because the word in the, in the Gemara is yerek, and yerek means green. And Yerik means vegetable, so it, a green vegetable, and that's how I was taught, and that's what Rav David Feinstein said, and that's what's in his called Doidi, and that's how we lived all these years, and that's how we understood it. Well, I got a call from somebody uh, in the Hasidic community here on the show. They called in and said, well, our minig is to use, I think it was a potato or something like that. So I realized, 
uh-oh, minhagim, I don't belong there. You know, it's, uh, I, I have my minhagim. Everyone else has other minhagim. What business is it? What min, I could talk halacha, and it could be a halacha that maybe everybody agrees to, which doesn't too often. But and, but there are minhagim. How could I possibly discuss minhagim when I have a minhag and you have a different minhag? Of course, that's ridiculous. And when it comes to Purim, the same thing. I can't get here and tell you that you shouldn't be drinking up to over your head and, and who knows what. I can't tell you that because if that's what your minig is, that's what your minig is. But and I can and I, and if you and if you don't drink, I can't tell you that you have to drink until you lose your sanity. So I can't tell you either way to, what to do. But we can discuss the topic because it is discussed in the Gemara, in the Shulchan Aruch, in all the Sparim of Halacha, and everybody has discussed it till now, so there's nothing wrong with discussing it. But I don't really, I'm not taking an opinion. I'm not taking a side. Whatever you do, you can continue to do. However, we live in a community where we're sharing the same world with little kids that are as young as 10, 11, 12, 15-year-olds, 19-year-olds. They're young still. And even in the 20s, they're still young. And we're drinking and doing this and whatever that. It affects everybody. And it affects the wife. The wife, uh, you know, is part of the game as well. A person can't take on things that will, will, will agitate her. My Harusa this morning told me a story, an interesting story about someone who uh, just passed away that he saw this was written up in one of the papers. I'm not going to mention names about a gentleman who just passed away. And he was a rov of a shul, in Eretz Israel and uh, of a city. And he uh, wanted to give it up to go back to learn in Kolil. And he asked the Chazonish. And the Chazonish said, no way. You took on a Rabbanus and you have a salary of a rov. Your wife got used to the salary of rov. You can't go ahead and just give it away and go back to learning in Kolel. What about her? What You have to think about her. So that was the Chazonish. So we have to think about our wives, we think about our children. You know, it may be we're Mekayim Mitzvah, maybe we want Mekayim with, with all the with all details of it, which is very beautiful. But we have to know how does it impact on others. When we moved uh, years ago, I was somebody uh, in our neighborhood came over to my wife and, 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 and literally cried on her shoulder about how she can't handle how her husband drinks to an to extreme degree on Purim. It bothers her tremendously because she, she can't respect him the same way the rest of the year. It hurts her thinking about him. And it's, it's a serious issue. So when you're doing the, discussing these things, don't just look at the Shulchan Aruch and don't just look at what your father did and don't just look at what you think is the right thing or you saw your Rosh Hashiva do. But you have to take it into perspective. Like we discussed here about a Chumrah recently in a recent show. And, and Chumrahs are something that everybody has to you know, be aware that it affects other people. So when you're drinking on Purim, and you're also affecting other people. And you have to know that that may be a, a, something that's an issue. A lot of times, young people learn from the adults and see the adults drinking, and, it, it, and they have a tremendous reaction to it. It might be that they want to do it too. It might be that turned off. It may be disrespect for the parents. It, it, could, ha- it could cause a lot of interesting issues. Unfortunately, I have friends in my neighborhood uh, people who daven with me, and they lost children. One one gentleman lost a child uh, from drinking Friday night. He wasn't in the home; he was elsewhere, and he was drinking Friday night, and he got sick, and he 
didn't make it. And he was 19 years old. And, and uh, you know, people who were not solar told me stories, which happen every single year on Purim, that people come in uh, with the zero pulse and they take it into the hospital because they were, they were we, it, it's called officially alcohol poisoning. We call it being shikar, whatever it is, but it's called alcohol poisoning. And uh, it gets to the point sometimes where their, their, their pulse is zero. They're not, it's not beat, the heart is not beating. And it eventually means they try to, first they try to use something to, uh, to, give, uh, uh, to give air. And if it doesn't start the, the, the heart beating and the, um, and, and, the, and the lungs moving, then eventually what they have to do, they have to use uh, something to start it uh, with a shock and CPR. And maybe, they get, maybe they're lucky, maybe they're not lucky. And a lot of die, times people die. I mean, it's not, you know, what's interesting to me personally is, you know, I was thinking about this a lot before I came in here today, and I was thinking about how, how it is when you, when on, on uh, Yom Kippur, we're all in shul, and, and towards the end of Yom Kippur, it happens all the time that towards the end of Yom Kippur, if you're daven in a very big place, I daven in a huge place, as Hashem is Baruch, you should continue daven there, it's a beautiful place, and believe me, it's it, with many, many hundreds of people there. And, and, the, and almost every year, at the end, towards the end, before Ne'ilah, during Ne'ilah, around the afternoon, late in the afternoon, Hatzalah, 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 they call for Hatzalah. And somebody's very often rushed out to the hospital, right at the end of the day. And, and everyone goes on and Dobbins and realizes, you know, an old person probably, and one, one, hopefully everybody's okay. And, and, you know, we have to fast in Yom Kippur, so we have to do it. But what happens is that these kids are drawn in, taken into the hospital. There's no article next week how many people were in the hospital. But you could call Hatzalah and speak to any Hatzalah member, and they'll tell you about what happened last year and the year before and the year before and the year before that. They'll tell you what's going on. And if you call a certain gentleman, I don't know if I'm going to go with the details today, he'll tell you how many people, young people, didn't make it. In the past year, this past year, 2016, is supposed to have had the most young deaths, people under 35, from overdose and from suicide. The number is approximately 75. It's a, it's a tremendous number. Maybe it's even more than that. That's the number that I, last number that I saw. I saw when it was 65 and 67, and I, and I heard the and I have numbers from the end of 75. I'm not sure exactly where it ended off. For Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, I'm not sure what the number was. And I'm not sure the accuracy of the numbers. But at least one thing I know, a tremendous number of young people under 35 from things that maybe we could have prevented. Maybe. I'm not saying for sure. But maybe we can prevent the others in the future. So there's a real serious issue over here. And as I said, we're not aware of the numbers. And then when I heard that 75 or 65 number I heard originally, I was shocked at it. And everybody was shocked at it. But you know what? We go on. And we just sort of say, okay, we understand that's the number and that's it. And we go on with it. Like, like when I put out the magazine. I put out Kasha's magazine for 37 years. There should have been, the way you know, you know what's going on with Trump, so everyone's protesting. I mean, some are protesting the protesters and some protesting him, whatever it is. How come I'm putting out the magazine for 37 years and I write in every issue, mislabeled, unauthorized use of the symbol, mislabeled, mislabeled, and nobody says, what's going on here? 
What, what, what are you doing? What kind of kashvas agency are you anyway? Look how many ashkachas, how many things you put in the, they're in the, the kashvas magazine that says it's not right. How could, you, how could you go to sleep at night? Nobody makes those calls. Nobody does it. And no one makes the calls. No one takes it seriously, the number, the 75 number. I mean, even one suicide is, is crucial. And by the way, if you really study it, I, I went into this this week. I'm not going to go into in front of you because there's not enough time. But what I, what I found out was that many of those who committed suicide, Rahman and Nitzlan, they were people who had drifted away from total observance. What we call, you know, off the derech, what we call challenged, whatever we want to call them. The people who've had difficulties, who are suffering, but still hang around in our Jewish community. Sometimes they're living with the parents. These people lost, a lot of them lost their lives this year, and in dramatic ways. I, I'm not going to discuss it here. But you, could, you, you don't have to go very far to find out the numbers. Uh, maybe yet I'll even mention who, who you can get the, all the information from. But I want to start today, the short time that we have, to discuss one, one topic that's, is, is the whole thing about whether you should drink or you shouldn't drink. Now, of course you have to drink. Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm, of course, there's some reason you can't drink at all, so you don't drink at all. I mean, you know I mean? You're not making the mitzvah, you're not making the mitzvah. Is it, a, is it necessary? Oh, no, no, I'm not going to worry about that right now. But, the, but, it, you know, but we all try to do something, at least the men. So let, let me just tell you that uh, the Gemara in Megillah, Daf, I'm, I'm now looking at something which, if you want to get it, it's easy to get. It's called To Drink or Not to Drink. It's by Rabbi Yehuda Spitz. He works for uh, Or Sameach, and he's a Rosh Koyalil, and uh, he has his regular articles, very interesting. And if you, if you want it, you go to ohr.edu. ohr.edu. And then you do um, forward slash 5756. That's all you have to do. And you get for Purim to drink or not to drink. So now in the Gemara uh, is in Daf uh, Zion Amud Base in the Gemara Megillah, that's where they discuss the person has to drink. Doesn't know the difference between the curse, uh, cursing of uh, Haman and the, and the bracha of Mordechai. Well, what that means is an interesting thing because the Gemara brings right afterwards that Rabbah. Uh, they were together, Rabbah and Rabbi Zeira, and they were drinking together on Purim, and Rabbah supposedly killed Rabbi Zeira. Then he gets sobered up, and he realized what he'd done, and he davened that Rabbi Zeira should come back alive. His tefillahs were answered, Rabbi Zeira rejoined the world of living. Next year, Rabbi Zeira refused to sit with Rabbah at the, the Purim Suda for obvious reasons. He said, listen, you know, may, maybe the, a nace won't happen a second time. <laughs> so he didn't sit with him. Now, the question is, what did this Gemara mean? So there are plenty of people who will learn that this is not literally true, the story. And others learn that, you know, that it really happened somehow. And the question is, um, why would that story be right after the mitzvah of drinking until you can't tell the difference between Arohaman and Baruch Mordechai. If it's so important to do that, we want people killing somebody? I mean, you know, this is a serious issue. You know, it didn't mean it, didn't mean it, but what, what, what's the, what is the message that the, the Gemara is trying to tell us? Is the Gemara trying to tell us it's not really true that you have to drink until Arohaman and Baruch Mordechai? 
or then you can't tell the difference between the two, or is the, or the Gemara trying to tell us that you can and you have to do it and tough it out, and if something happens, it happens. What is the Gemara trying to tell us? So the basic uh, breakdown is as follows: the Rith and the Tour, they hold that you have to drink on Purim until you can't tell the difference between Haman and or Haman and Baruch Mordechai. But the Rabbeinu Ephraim, who was brought in the Ran and the Baal Hamor, say the exact opposite. The Gemara was setting it up this way to show you, the story with Rabbi, Rabbi and Rabbi Zeba, is to show you that you shouldn't get drunk. It's not, it not drunk to that, that extent. I mean, high you could be, you could be happy and etc., but you shouldn't go that far. They, they hold, Rabbi Ephraim holds, it's usher to get completely drunk on Purim. So what does the Adaloyada mean? So there are at least four different explanations of what Adaloyada meant if it didn't mean not, to be too tipsy not to be able to tell about Haman and Mordechai. Some say it means that you couldn't tell the, you couldn't do the gematria. The gematria is 502. If Aru Haman and Baruch Mordechai is a 502, and maybe you couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't get the numbers straight. Another one says it's, uh, you couldn't decide which is a bigger miracle. What the, the, the fact that Haman fell or that Mordechai got raised up, or, the, or some would say that you, there's a certain Purim uh, poem which existed, we don't have it anymore, which is very long, and you couldn't say it properly. And there was talking about that with an olive base, uh, an acrostic. And the fourth one is that uh, it, it, you, can, you should get high just enough so you can no longer... You can't properly thank Hashem for all the miracles that occurred on Purim, which is a small little thing. So, in other words, we're not sure what this what the Gemara meant of Adaloyada, especially according to Rabbeinu Ephraim, who, as I said, is brought down by the Ran and the Baal Hamor. Uh, the the Manoyach Hendel from Prague, who was at the time of the Marshal in the 1500s. He brings a lot of these interpretations, and all of them have one underlying factor. You're not supposed to get totally drunk. And that's the, that's the question, you know, uh, what, what, again, what did the Gemara actually mean? Now, Shulchan Aruch is a little bit tricky, because in Shulchan Aruch, it implies, the, Shulchan, the, the, the base Yosef, it implies that he agrees with the Torah's interpretation you're supposed to get really shikar up to the point where you can't tell it's between Arahaman and Baruch Mordechai. And, he's, and you're supposed to do that, according to the Shulchan Aruch who made Beis Yosef. But the Beis Yosef himself completely rejects this idea, and he holds like Rabbeinu Ephraim. So we have now uh, a little bit of a, a contrast between the Beis Yosef in the Beis Yosef and what he wrote in Shulchan Aruch. And then we have the Rambam, which is the most famous one. The Rambam says that you should drink until you fall asleep. And the Ramor when he made up the, his psaq, the, the, that's for Moshe Isilis, the Ashkenazic poisek for us in the Shulchan Aruch, he said that we sh- he went with the Rambam and combined it with other things, that you should drink a little more than your usual and you should fall asleep. So he wanted to combine the Rambam with other interpretations as well. So what's the halacha lemaisa? Obviously there's not a simple answer to that question, but uh, here's the breakdown if you want num- not names. Many of the gedolim, the contemporary gedolim, went with the Ramor's approach of just taking a little more than you can and, 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 and then go to sleep. Chavetz Chaim, the Stiplagon, or Shlomo Zalman Orbach, that's how they went. But there were plenty of people who went uh, when you're supposed to get totally drunk, such as the uh, Yaivitz, 
the Shabbat Tshuva, Chayei Odom, Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, Kafa Chayim, that's the Svadish for sure. And, but they add one little important thing to, to tell us that, yes, you should get drunk, but, this is the big but, if a person thinks that they're going to become lax in the, in the become lax in, in performance of any one mitzvah, whether the mitzvah of Natilis Yadayim, washing the hands and reciting brachas, benching or davening while they're drunk, then they, they all hold it's better not to drink at all. Because you shouldn't chas shalom come to, uh, to do something that would, 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 be, would be negative. The Ramor, as the story goes, used to go around at the Purim night, you know, after the, after the Sauda, and he would go to people's houses and he would say, ah, I got to wash my hands and I got to go now to Marv. And he did that every house he stopped in so in order to get the people to go to Marv. Because he, this way, he was mazaris them, he pushed them to try to get to Marv. He never said, you have to go to Marv now. He just said, oh, I have to wash my hands because I got to go to Marv. Not go, I have to go to Marv now. And he did that one house after another. So it's an interesting story because it shows how important it is not to let any mitzvah go. But it's another interesting story because he doesn't tell them that you can't do what you're doing. He didn't scream at them. He didn't make a whole uh, scene there. <laughs> he didn't make a protest march. He just seemed, he seemed to pleasantly suggest that they should get moving and not lose out of the mitzvah. Now, I've seen people, and I think you've all seen them, they get very high at the suda, and they have the suda late in the day, and then comes the problem of benching. And some of them can't bench because forget about 72 minutes, it might be, okay, they maybe ate a lot of bread, so maybe they have a couple of hours, but it could be three, four hours, and they fall asleep, and it could be three, four, five hours until they wake up, and then they can't bench anymore, so they lost benching. Then what happened with Marith? So normal, on a normal day, we, know we live in Flatbush and Borough Park and these neighborhoods, so you can catch a minion till 1 o'clock, maybe 2 o'clock, maybe poor him, you can catch till 3 o'clock, I don't know what it is, but you can catch a, a, a late minion. So maybe he'll catch a minion late like that. So first of all, Krishma, he lost out the, the, the mitzvah Krishma Bismana. We know about that with the, the Machlokas, the first mission in, 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 in Shas. So we understand you should have you should have said Krishma before Chatzos. Okay, he lost Krishma the regular way. He got a bit of the evidence. Okay, fine, he's still good. Uh, but in the Marv, he's going to do. But most times, many times, these guys cannot get to minion. Even if your wife or son or whoever is the uh, somebody drives him to there, he can't even get in and out of the shul. He has to daven if he can daven, bechidus in the house. So now he lost it. Philip Betzibur, he lost maybe kriyashma. He lost benching. He lost so many things and innocently because he, he couldn't go. He couldn't do it. So didn't he do his mitzvah? And now he's potter because he couldn't do it. But who made it that way? It's like the guy who goes to sleep at night. Ramosha has that child. The guy goes to sleep at night, and he, and, and he gets to 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe even 2.30 or 3 o'clock, and he, said, and he can't wake up at time to daven with a minion, can't wake up at time to daven before this month, the, the Krishna, before this month, Phil. He, it's, it's an accident. What accident? Who told you to go to sleep that hour in the morning? Well, I was learning. Well, one second. 
you could actually get up at four o'clock in the morning and learn before you dive, like what Moshe did, and like all the Gedolim did. I mean, they said that they said that Yosef did it. I think at two o'clock he used to get up every day. So you can get up real early, and you can learn the hours and hours, and you could dive in bizman and the right the best manim, and then you could even dive in and learn afterwards. So who's stopping you? Why must you learn from twelve to two thirty in the morning, and that that somehow is potters you from davening properly? Doesn't make sense. It's all warped. It's not correct at all. It's not, it's not real thinking. And a person has to know what he can do and what he can't do. And if last year you missed Kriyashma and Tefillah and and Birchaz Amazon and who knows what you said and shouldn't have said, if that's what happened last year, why do you think this year it'll be different? I'll try harder? You can't control when that stuff gets inside you. You just can't control. And it's not, it doesn't work that way. You can control it before you drink. You can control it how many you drink. You can take a lot of water and other things, do things to maybe decrease it. There's a lot of stuff written about how to decrease the problem, but you can't guarantee it. Once it gets into your system, you really don't know what's happening. So anyway, the final line over here is we, we went through um, the, the split between the Chobetz Chaim and Stipe Lagon, Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, who say that, uh, you, you, that you should follow the Ramor just to, to drink a little bit more and go to sleep. And you have the other ones who I brought, uh, the Chavach Chaim, or Shulchan Aruch, Kitzel Shulchan Aruch, Chayyadam, Shari Tshuva, the Yaivitz, who said that you could drink until uh, uh, you cannot tell it between Aruham and Baruch Mordechai. And, but you have to be careful that you can do all your mitzvahs after, which, which is almost impossible for most people, unless they drink early in the day. And then the Prichadash says that he holds that the, the, the drinking, on, he brings a, a number of opinions that drinking on Purim, uh, and then he ends off with, uh, and he was in the 1600s, and he said, because of society's decline, in the 1600s, society was declining already, over the generations, it's proper to follow the opinion of Rabbeinu Ephraim, which means not to drink until we can't tell between you know, Orham and Baruch Mordechai, and, uh, and 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 that's what the, and only drink a small amount more than usual. That's what the Prichadish said. So everybody asked the question, which is we understand the question. If this was the case in the 1600s, what about in the 2000s? It, it seems how much more relevant the pre-Chadish's prophetic words would be for today, with teen alcoholism on the rise, and not a year going by without hearing horror stories about the tragic results of excessive drinking on Purim. In fact, Rishloman Zalman Orbach said it, he's, he was angry, he called it Leitzanus and Zilzel. I'm not even going to translate that words for you. If you don't know what they are, okay. I don't want to get you upset. He said he is upset with the and the zilzul that unfortunately has replaced simcha shal mitzvah and became the norm today. And Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky has been widely quoted as saying it's an avera to get drunk on Purim. That's Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky. And I want you to know that all the, the and they have the Tversky's have spoken. I have a list of things I can't really, it's already 6.30 or almost 6.30, and I don't want to go on and on and on and on. And that's just a little bit of an inkling of what, um, you know, what, what some of the opinions are out there. Uh, I'm going to take a moment to, uh, dis- to, to, to read a few words from some of the other things. Now, everybody has seen the different ads this year. 
You've probably seen the Hatzal ads for the last five, ten years. And they have very strong ads, very well done. And this year I saw an ad for Mask. It was a good ad. I liked the ad. The Mask had a very small, it was just two lines in the middle, and it said that you can be fined $1,000 and or go for a jail term of one year for serving minors liquor. Giving liquor to minors, you can get a $1,000 fine and or be sent to jail for a year. That's what the law reads. And I spoke with somebody about it, and he told me it will never be put into effect. Nobody is going to tell on them. No one's going to do it. I'm not so sure. I said, if somebody really gets hurt, even worse than that, if somebody gets very badly sick from this thing, I'm not so sure no one will ever pursue it. But uh, so far, we haven't heard anything of anybody pursuing it. But that is the law. And uh, we... We all understand how crazy it was when people were in the back of the tr- the trucks, you know, leaning out. The kids were shicker, and they were leaning out off the trucks, and they're falling off, and they got hurt. So now we all understand that's ridiculous, and it's against the law. But this is also against the law. When somebody comes to your house, and they're collecting money for tzedakah, the young boys are collecting money for tzedakah. Dance with them, sing with them, give them something to drink. It means the soda. Give them, give them some candy. Give them some cake. It's okay, a few extra calories. It's all sugar. It's bad stuff. Okay, but it, they they won't kill them. But when you start them on the alcohol, you don't know where it's going to end up. And I tell you, every year people start. Every year, young people start smoking on Purim. There's no minhag to smoke on Purim. There's no uh, source in the Gemara to smoke on Purim. There's no, and the boys start smoking, some of them, a small number, Baruch Hashem, but the, some of them are going to be hooked for life and they're going to have to suffer in their 30s and 40s and 50s. They're going to suffer for it. So what, we don't need to expose our children to this. We really need to have a proper control and everybody has to work together on it. I'm not going to, you know, it's not legislating. I'm not saying this is us or... And I'm, not, yeah, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm just giving you some of the information. Now, one thing I did see here in the um, Hatzalas, which is very interesting. Of course, we all know about the driving. I'm not going to talk about that. But one thing you should read, everybody, women, men, everybody should read it, about the symptoms of alcohol po- poisoning. And you'd see... How, how it affects so many of the young people that we see. Confusion, inability to be awakened, vomiting while not awake, irregular or slow breathing, low body temperature, pale or bluish skin color. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are things that show uh, that the person is being affected in a very, very negative way by the alcohol poisoning. And you got to call Matzal in 9-11 when you think there's any question. Uh, don't let the person say, I'm going to go to sleep. Because going to sleep is not going to solve the problem. In fact, it's, in some ways it's worse. But, and, and, there's no, and the drinking, the coffee and all that doesn't really help when it's really very bad. And you really have to monitor, watch it. Call a doctor if you want. Call a hot solar. Get into somebody, you know, right away if this, if you have the slightest suspicion. It's better to be, have a make a mistake and uh, call somebody and embarrass the, the man or whatever or the boy than it is, but to, to just take chances because it happens quickly and you can't stop it so easily. Only a professional can help out, and it's just 
a very, there's a young man who can never walk it properly again because when he got into the hospital after over drinking, so they gave him a medicine and the medicine is supposed to help and it didn't work with him and he's, he, he's a cripple for life, a cripple for life. So he's the lucky one. He came out alive, but uh, he's affected for life. All right, uh, another thing it is that we have all these boys collecting. And when you're collecting, you make up with your son. First of all, do homework. Find out what it is. Find out if there's monitoring. Is there monitoring of, the, of, the, of these groups? Is there, are there specific rules? Are they going around with any liquor in the, or, or wine in the car? Uh, you know, is there anybody who's aware of what the, where they're going and what they're doing? Is there, is there any supervision? Or is it completely on their own? We trust them. Well, I don't know if that's so good anymore. I would say, you know, know about that group. I always asked about the group. I always asked who's going, what's going, who's where, where you're going, who's, uh, you know, who's in charge of it. Yes, maybe I, maybe I didn't do enough investigation, but uh, in today's world, do your own homework. And you know, I, I see that, that people get suckered into these groups. There's now groups that are paying 20% to the, to the young men. So that's the Oriel Lishma is gone, paying 20% of the money that they raise. Others, they get ridiculously lavish gifts and they, and they throw it in all the fancy costumes and the, uh, and, you know, in the fancy uh, limo, et cetera, et cetera. And I, it, I don't know if it's, for all, if it's all what we call Lishma anymore. It should be, and in many places it is. But you have to really do your homework on, on understanding. Don't just listen to him, oh, I'm going with my friends. I know you're going with your friends, but let me find out a little more about it before you <laughs> sign up, okay? And I'm going to probably uh, have to pass on all my other things here. I'm not, there's just so much. Uh, you can Google it yourself, and you'll get everything that I got plus. I'm going to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, and you could call. I don't want to talk about the, the drinking unless you have a very important thing to tell me because I, I did enough of it already. Uh, I'd rather go on to other aspects of Purim and other things and talk about Kashris, and I'm going to just say a word about our sponsor, and then I'll listen to all, whatever you want to say. You can call us, 718 I'd like to use the, the phone and not the, uh, the, the, uh, not the, the text if we can do it because it's hard for me to get it over here. So we're going to do uh, 718-683-5858. So when, you know, Glattmont has, has all those beautiful specials that everybody else has as well. When you think of Glottonmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M, you should think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glottonmart. And obviously, now is a good time to save. Everybody has specials, and, and, and Glottonmart has a, a whole pile of them as well. So, you know, Purim is a good time to shop and save on some of the things for the rest of the year. Anyway, uh, let me just tell you uh, that if you want to save some time, pull into Glatmart from the Valley, and they use their Valley parking service. Pull into Glatmart from the East 12th Street entrance, and they'll have the car ready for you to load up with all those wonderful items that you purchase in the store. Some of the items that are on sale today and tomorrow only, silver tip roast, $11.99 a pound, round bone lamb chops, $11.99 a pound, semi boneless chuck, $7.99 a pound. And uh, Proplast vinyl gloves, 100 count, 199 
Oberlander's Hamantosh in 7 ounce, $1.99. Pashka's Heart Lollipops, 12 ounces, $1.39. Liebes Potato Chips, 0.75 ounce, 5 for a dollar. And the Sour Sticks, and the Pashka's Sour Sticks, and the Fruit Buds, that's 2 for a dollar. And Man, Man Cocoa Wafers, Mon Cocoa Wafers, sorry, 7 ounce, 99 cents. And bananas are just 49 cents a pound, and baby carrots are 89 cents. And the extra large eggs, 79 cents. All that a lot more. And starting on Wednesday, shoulder roast beef, 9.99 a pound. Beef short ribs, 14.99 a pound. Pepper steak, 11.99 a pound. Middle chuck, 8.99 a pound. And beef rib bones, 4.99 a pound. And the Glabmart, the quality of meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base yodes of meats, and with expert Nikor, at Glabmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glabmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glabmart, tell him you heard about Glabmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. Do we have anybody in? Okay. You know, we have a lot of people, you know, okay. and, and uh, you know, this Jerut about the, beside Purim, we had the campaign not drinking at all, you know. That's uh-huh. something that uh, no Kiddush club and this because really it's uh, amazing, and we a, saw a so young many... man d- died from uh, drinking an entire bottle of schnapps yes, at a vort. Yes, and he's uh, gone. Yeah, we lost them. We we have to do something. It's not yes. a it's, it's no not a Purim thing. It's not a Purim. It's not Purim. It's all no, it's all year round. It's all year round. It's all year round. I know that the, 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 what we're talking about. You talk about the wives and the families. And I'm telling you that I got I got the phone calls from the wives and family that Shabbat and when the husband come home in a good situation, he is go to sleep. In a worse situation, just imagine what happened. It's not Shabbat. It's become nightmare. And nobody know, know the kids. I mean, on Shabbos from Kiddush. So, yeah, from Kiddush. Uh-huh. So, you know, consider about it. You know, think about your children. Think about, think about the people in your house. I'm telling you, it's so upsetting to see these people that thinking, that thinking that they're smart and mensch and machos with, with 21 years, 18 years, and all this kind all this stuff. Instead, to come and just spend the money for kids' education, spend your buy a gemara, but that's why they soda, even it's poison. But don't give this money for this. Anyway, we have so many phone Okay, calls. let's try to take them. Okay, oh, you're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? Go ahead, please. Hello, you're talking? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, I wanted to ask about Parva chocolate, um, like Rosemary or Torino, if you're allowed to eat it after a fleshy meal. I heard that sometimes it's like with milk. With, um, okay, you, you heard. Kashmir's magazine, see, I... A lot of people, they didn't see the article that I wrote. We wrote it about it in the Kashrus magazine, and either you saw it there or people no, I told didn't you. See it. Okay, told, people told you about it. There is a problem today with dark chocolate. That dark chocolate is thought to be, you know, bitter chocolate, etc. People always think that that's parva, and in some cases it's not. But I, as I told to somebody today, you have a hashkocha. And the Hashkoch is smart enough to know the difference. That's their job. So even though the problem exists, it doesn't mean to say that if it has a Hashkoch on it, you just say, oh, the Hashkoch doesn't know and, and somehow I have to be worried. You don't have to be worried past that. That's the job of the Hashkoch agency. Now, is it possible that there's a, a, 
some, some, but some hashgachas are better than others. So that's why you have to choose the, the products that have the hashgachas you know, that you respect. You know, from Switzerland. How, how do I know how, how reliable they are? Well, that, that question is not really for tonight, but you, you can't, when you, here's basically the, the, the theory that I put out. You have to take a list of the products that are interesting to you and discuss it either with your Rav or with a Kashmir's agency that you respect. Let's just pick a name, uh, ABC Kashmir's organization. So you like them, you think they're, they're a good standard. You call them up and you say, uh, can I speak to one of the rabbis? Yes. And then you say, uh, I want to know, I'm a regular person, but I respect you. Would you, you accept the products from this Hashkocha? I would, well, I'd say I a sent you an email uh, asking you about this, and uh, so far I haven't gotten a reply. I'm I answered it today. That. I answered it today. I don't know who you are, but I answered exactly that about the dark chocolate. Did you check your emails today? No, I, I did. It wasn't there today. Okay, so what did you send me? You, you said, is I dark chocolate... I want to know, let's say, Rosemary or Torino, I eat sugar... I like a, a sugar-free chocolate after I eat supper, and usually my supper is flavored. So, so again, again, you're asking me, you didn't give me the name of Vashkocha, and any, if you gave it to me, I wouldn't answer you anyway on the phone, on the radio here. So you have to ask a cashless agency or a rabbi that you trust, whether this hashkocha should be relied upon for this particular thing, because there is dairy and part of it in the facility. That's not my call on the radio. I'm not going to say, this is a good hashkocha, this is a bad hashkocha. I can't discuss that over here. I don't remember your email. I don't know who you are, so I don't remember your email. But I answer every one of my emails, believe that, if I possibly can. So, I mean, the telephone calls, I can't make call people back because it would be endless. I would be busy all day calling people back. But an email, you answer it in one word, two words, five words, and two lines, that's it. So I don't, I'm surprised I didn't answer it. If you send it again, I'll answer it. Mm. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're certainly welcome. Okay, you're on Cautious on the Air with Rabbi Wickler. Can I help you? Yeah, I do. What's the read strip need of Racha and Hachshar? Does what need Hachshar? Listerine strips. Listerine strips. Well, um, I'm not able to answer it now. I never really went through that. Yes, it needs a, it needs to be kosher. Some of them have hashkacha. Some of them, maybe not the listerine. It was on and off. The kaf k would be the best people to speak to because I know they gave hashkacha on that, and you could speak to them. They're at two zero one eight three seven zero five hundred. If you call them at 201-837-0500, they'll be able to discuss it more intelligently. 201-837-500? 201-837-0500. As far as the bracha, as far as the bracha, it's, it's, is it something that dissolves in your mouth like a candy? If it does, then uh, you, know, you make a bracha on candy. Most people do. Some people, like my Rebbe, used to try to make a bracha on something else because, uh, because just sucking he didn't feel was, it was clearly eating. But if it's sucking and eating is, 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 similar, to a, is similar to a candy, then, then most people would make a bracha. And if, if, it's, if it just dissolves like a pill and it takes a few minutes or something like that and they don't have any, any pleasure from it, uh, then of course not. But if, it, if it's a pleasurable thing, we want it to be kosher. And the, the, there is a shail of the bracha, and the worst that happens is you take a little piece of candy or something, make a bracha on that, and then you have the answer. Okay, thank you for the call. You're on Kashus on the air. Can we help you? 
Hello? Nobody there. Are you on Conscious on the Air? Can we help you? Yes. Am I on the air? Absolutely. We definitely hear you. Okay. I just wanted to mention that um, you were saying before about suicide, and I know you don't want to talk about it, but this is important to know that there's a 1-800-24-hour national hotline prevention number. It is 1-800-273. One second. Just one one second. I'm getting my pen. 1-800-what? 273. Yes. Talk. T-A- Okay, and uh, they're available 24 hours. They're trained people that um, are trained to respond to anybody who's in distress and who's Hasidim thinking of any any such Hasidim thing. The trouble is that I, I want to tell you because I'm very close to this topic. First of all, my shver lover shalom saved somebody from committing suicide. I teach somebody whose child committed suicide, so I know a little bit about the game. And you can't tell when they're ready to do it. And many of the professionals, my brother's a, a psychotherapist, many of the professionals cannot tell when they, they, have, to, they, they have to make the decisions all the time. But they, it's not so easy to tell when they're going to really do it because they threaten it constantly. So you're talking about talking to somebody with a problem, but we're talking about our, our community, you know, putting their heads together and trying to prevent the people from getting that far off. That's what we really have to do. But, right. but you're they right. Also have, they also have safe talk events, which are trainings for people to know how to deal with people and how to prevent, how to, you know, there are always people around them. There's a whole safety net list of steps to do, and there's a whole procedure. Well, that, that's the same number, the 273 talk? No, that's not that number, but there's a different number. Maybe I'll, I'll call after... If you get it, to, or else if you don't get a chance to call back in, call my office and give it to me. It's 718-336-8544. And then give us that number, 718-336-8544. Because what I would like to say is that that would be something that we hope that the, uh, the schools uh, and, the, you know, and the, the rabbis and the people who have to deal with the people should, should get a little more training for. Uh, it's a shame that we don't have more psychological training for our teachers and our rabbis than we have currently. There is something, and some people are doing it now. I think Thomas has a program, but, they, but it, it's certainly, uh, there's plenty more to do. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you. Okay, you're unconscious, you're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead, please. This is Rabbi okay. Wickler. I wanted to ask you about the cranberry juice the, I drink the diet cranberry juice. It has a texture of triangle K. Is that a good enough texture? We don't answer those questions on the radio. I'm very sorry. I don't make a decision for anybody which hashkachas to use. I just talked to okay. a previous caller and, and, and explained that you have to have a rabbi or a cautious agency advise you on which ones to use. But I certainly can't advise the whole world. So I'm sorry. Thank you for the call. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Hello, am I on the air? Yes, you are. Go ahead, please. Yes, good evening. First of all, I'd like to tell you, Yishikoyach, for that uh, short speech that you spoke about the uh, people getting drunk, that was very, very important. Extremely, extremely important. Thank you. People should hear it, and I think the, the schools, the yeshivas, should take, should take big achrayas 
when they send out groups of bochurim or mamish of kids, they're getting wild on the streets, and it's very, very dangerous. The koyach, and I hope everyone listens and will take note of it. Thank you very much. I was just, uh, last week out, I was out in, Far- last Shabbos, I was in Far Rockaway, uh, my, my, one of my, my children live, and I was davening uh-huh. in Darkei Torah, and over there, I saw the signs they had, and there was a bunch of signs for different uh, tzedakahs that they were, you know, they're getting groups together. And what, what uh-huh. I liked about it is, it said ninth to 12th graders. No 7th and 8th graders and 6th graders. No way. No program. They're not, in, they're not to be included in this. And that's really the, a, a tender age where the kids really don't have any self-control, any training, any maturity. And, it, you know, I, I mean, I remember back those days that the, the, the 7th and 8th graders really don't belong going out collecting. And I like that. It said ninth to twelfth graders only, and I was very impressed with that. And I think that's a sign because the Darkei Torah, everybody knows, is a thinking organization. Right. But that's that really is what we need. That you say we have to have limits to this. Yes, it's a wonderful thing. We're going to choose where you go, either for the yeshiva or some organizations that the yeshiva chose. You don't go ahead and just uh, you know answer an ad that was in the in a, uh, in a weekly paper with a says uh, I read it myself. Nonprofit organization, we give twenty percent to boys who collect on Purim. That's terrible. We don't. We don't want our kids to become professional collectors. We want them to understand the chashivas of collecting for an organization or needy people, and 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 that we're collecting for it. You know, we're, we're the generation that's getting spoiled with these Chinese auctions. A person doesn't anymore give tzedakah. They they say, how many? I'll buy this ticket because I can get that. So they, already we're not lishma anymore, and our kids are going to growing up not lishma. It's killing the whole business. It, let's go back to where, okay, they gave a little prize to so the kids. Little prize, very little prize. And then in today's world, they're not a little prize anymore. You got to figure five percent or ten percent of the of what you're taking in. You have to give back to the kids. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that you're collecting tzedakah for a, for a needy purpose. I remember teaching. I was teaching in a high school. I was a rabbi in a high school, and this was uh, many years ago. And uh, the boys, I sent them out for tzedakah to raise for something. And the boys went, and they stopped cars. <laughs> I didn't tell them to do this. They were stopping cars, and, this, and boys came back with tons of money, and they were so enthusiastic, and they did it with such a gevaltic l'shmar. There was nothing I gave them, zero. But they really wanted to help, whatever the reason I sent them out. And they really wanted to do it. And Baruch Hashem, they learned. And they learned, even I had the, even kids who weren't so from, they learned the chashivas of the Indian. While today, everything is, what do they give for prizes? What, do they have limos? What, what, which kind? You know, the costumes they pay for, they don't pay for costumes? I don't, I don't, need, I don't need that one. That, that's not is, the way. Is, is there a way to stop it? Excuse me? Is there a way to stop all these organizations? No, I wouldn't stop yeshivas? the I, I wouldn't stop it, but I but I would try to get a more under control and I think the yeshivas should be able to do that. The yeshivas should be able to say 
our boys can only go to these groups and it should be run through the yeshiva. Whether the yeshiva chose it or somebody wants to approach yeshiva, fine. But let the yeshivas do it because they're the ones who understand the boys, who, can, who are adults, who can, who can sift through the information and make an intelligent decision I about which say, group. I, would, I jump over. I would say that they need to put an adult supervisor, either with somebody from 12th grade to give somebody a, 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 right. you know, a leader of the group. Right, 100%. And I think ninth grade is still young, but you know what? If you have a leader from 12th grade, it is a responsible guy, uh, it's working. Right. But uh, if it's, it's something like this, like as we see so many times in the streets, it's really shame. It's really, you know, just pork all. Not just the parik all. It's sakanas nefashas. Because the boys run in front of cars. And they, they think they're safe. It's running from uh, jumping on offenses, right. going this, right. you know, behave ugly in front right. of other people. It's, That's it's, a, you know, the meetups are very bad. The, the no, leader, no, no. You, you right. need some leader. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else there? Yes. Okay, go ahead. You're on Kasha's on the air. Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yeah, hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. I was listening to your program, and um, I I have a certain problem over here. You have you speak of very important issues about children getting drunk, and which is very important and something that is uh, should be should be addressed. There's also an issue where you, you say you shouldn't get into involved with uh, that offer a certain amount of money or whatever. You know that's not something that that's something that's your personal preference what you think is appropriate, and it sort of goes in the whole kind of category. Okay, I, I, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll, I'm listening to you. Go ahead, please. No, so what, my point is that you, you could discuss the things that uh, pertain to the security of the children and right. making sure they don't drink, making sure that the limos they use aren't um, dangerous, um, doing outrageous behavior. But when it comes to the choosing what organizations to go to, I don't think that it's the proper place for us to decide what's, what's good. We're not deciding. We just said I would give it over to the yeshivas to decide. And, and are you comfortable with the idea of a child going out and getting 20% of the money for himself? You, well, you're you're, you're good not, with that? But what worked for us when we were children doesn't work today in terms of motivation. But but you you feel you f- I don't care about the motivation. I'm asking you. Do you think that that is good that our children? So next year it'll be twenty five. Another organization will offer twenty five, and someone will go up to fifty. I I I was in Israel many years ago. I'm not telling you how long ago. It was many years ago. <laughs> I don't. And in in the uh, I was there was a yeshiva that was just starting, and he told me the gentleman who was yeshiva told me what he did is he printed up receipt books and he sold the receipt books to people going around collecting sadaka. Do you understand what I mean? In other words, you that pay was me a different time. Yeah, you pay me a hundred dollars and now you have a receipt book and you can collect ten thousand, twenty thousand, whatever you want. And that was what he did. And I, I felt it was I felt that, that was the that's the top. That's where it's not even a hundred percent he's collecting uh, he's collecting everything. All he paid was a hundred dollars, and now for years uh, and years that, to come, that, that's outrageous. But, it's out, uh, so, so, so for you, that's outrageous. Now let's go back a step. Let me well, ask that's, you: that's illegal and outrageous. Forget about illegal. Let me ask you: Let's say you saw an ad, because I didn't see fifty percent, but let's say I saw an ad that said fifty percent. You get fifty, we get fifty. 
Would you be happy with that? So your problem is with the integrity of that organization. I'm just and asking I, I you if you'd be happy that. with it. I'm just asking um, you. We're not talking about halacha. We're not talking about halacha. I'm talking about halacha. I'm not talking about halacha. I'm talking about, do you feel that that is somehow going to hurt the children who are collecting? Do you feel that they are being compromised? Do you feel that they're being trained in the wrong way by that organization? You know, do you think I, parent- I have problems, and my personally, I, I don't like the fact that children go collecting from door to door. Okay. I don't think that's appropriate either. Okay. But, but I'm not going to go around saying that it's wrong, because it's different categories. No, 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 I'm not, we're, we're talking 100%. about raising children. It, that raising children is protecting them in one way and protecting their brain and their, their religious persona in another way. This, I'm not talking about it where it's Usr, Gomer, and, and I bring five Rias for it. I'm saying in my mind, if I saw an ad 50%, you take 50%, we get 50%. If I would see that advertisement, I would be extremely upset. And if I ever discovered the organization, I would feel I have to, it's my job to go over to them and argue with them that they're corrupting the people who are there. I see boys, and I'm not exaggerating now, I see boys every day, or at least a lot of days in the week, sitting around the shul, because I learn in the shul in the mornings with my chavrosa, and as the boys are sitting around, they are collecting. They don't go to yeshiva. They don't go to yeshiva. They sit around and collect. And I know that some of these boys are collecting just for, for, for guilt, for themselves. And that don't mean that they're poor. It just means they like to have money. And I know boys who say, boys told me, I'm not going to get into details about this, but boys told me, if I don't have any money, I go into shul and I collect money. This, this is we're definitely corrupting them. We're definitely corrupting them because because they they're getting, they're becoming they're becoming the wrong kind of kid that we don't want. Okay, so I, I think so. What you just mentioned over here is something that's obviously wrong, and they're taking advantage of the good naturedness of people, knowing that they're going to give something. But what the thing with uh, the, the organizations themselves giving something for it. So let's say twenty percent is too much. Would you agree? Let's say five percent is too is, is okay. No, give them a prize. Even if it costs five percent or ten percent, give them a prize. In I don't care what they give them a bike. Give them anything you want. Give them a thing, and and because they shouldn't think that they're raising, that they're getting, they're they're in on this, they're splitting with them, that they are also collecting for themselves. It's corrupting their brain. The, the group that brought in the most money went on a trip, a ski trip, or whatever it was. Something, uh, that's fine. That if I, if I'm, I'm okay with it. I can, I can live with that one. It's a little funny, but I got to live with it. I just still, can't live with so this, and we ran out of time. What? That, that shouldn't be there. You should be doing it with Shema. Yeah, of, but of, we're talking in a perfect world. I don't see anybody stopping the, the, the Chinese auctions. People get money that way, and that's the way we are today but there's still a limit there has to be a limit yeah. otherwise it's yeah. crazy <laughs> if Thank nobody will give tzedakah if they'll have every malava malta they have again. to give out of prizes for the money it's crazy yeah thank you very okay. much for the call I, I appreciate it i appreciate it and i and I, I i don't mind somebody calling me on something i said that you know that they don't agree with i that's the best way to learn thank you very much I, I would add, you know, but I, when I see that price tag on this kind of education, on all this, I cannot stand it. I would say that I would never give to someone, you know, John Tadi, that come to me and tell, I give you uh, a percentage. Are you teaching our kids to a chesed, real chesed, amethystic chesed? You know, yes. Sometimes the classroom want to go to a trip. You can get, you can collect money for the classroom as as a group. 
And I know personally some yeshivot that the, the, the kids are poor and don't have the ability to go to, a, a, you know, trips. So part of the trip is, is collecting money in Purim. Right. It's beautiful things. Right. Because they collect from all the group. Not right. for the personal issue, correct. you know. Excellent. Something that teach them, you know, the, 100%. the value. You know? 100%. We're we losing, we losing it. No, they need the values. Yes. Purim is, is the values. No drinking. No. <laughs> it, it, it has to be simcha, and simcha has to be in the right way. Thank you very much for listening. This was Kashmir's on the Air, Rabbi Wilson Wickler, editor of Kashmir's Magazine. If you want to reach us to uh, get any subscriptions or to learn more about Kashmir's, call us at 718-336-8544. Thank you.